0: Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi everyone. Today we are sharing part two of last week's Q&A episode where Lauren and I respond to your questions around minimalism and our minimalist lifestyles. Last week we covered everything from how to manage living with someone who's attached to their stuff, to what to do with sentimental and just-in-case items, and much more. And today we're sharing the second and longer half of our discussion where we talk about how to manage specific areas of clutter, including junk drawers, old hobbies and crafts, office clutter, bathroom clutter, and excess clothing, to name a few. Plus, we touch on an area of excess that we personally continue to work on the most, mental clutter. Our goal in this conversation is to share lifestyle tips that come from our own experiences and research over the years to help you work through the various areas of clutter in your life. We hope that you enjoy this part two of our Q&A and feel further inspired to build a simpler, more intentional life. So on to the second set of questions now as part of our initial Q&A episode last week. So the third question that we asked our community is, what areas of clutter do you need help maintaining? Now, the first was junk drawers. And I love that someone submitted this because I remember the first time, Lauren, that we spoke about junk drawers and you skipped on your words and you accidentally called it drunk drawers, which (laughs) was super funny. And I I was thinking there is some truth to that because technically our junk drawers are super messy. So it's as if, you know, it's that messy place after a late night out. Right. So a junk drawer really is a drunk drawer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding.
0: I thought that was so funny. Uh, So I was thinking, okay, well, junk drawer. When I think of junk drawer, I think of my bedside table. For some reason, I always think about the little table beside my bed as my junk drawer because growing up, it would be my junk drawer. I would have stuff in there that would get dated. My mom had one growing up, still has it. And there's all these knickknacks and coins and old papers and old lip chap and nail clippers, all these random things. And I remember when I moved in my own place, I was like, no, I'm just going to put items that I use in there beside my bed. So my drawer beside my bed now just has sleep stuff. So I have lip chap, I have uh, a little spray, pillow spray, and I have an eye mask. That's about it. So very little But I personally don't think that a junk drawer is needed because after all, it is junk. And so the stuff likely isn't useful. Some drawers can be used, though, for miscellaneous items. I know that you have an everything box, Lauren. And I think sometimes we have things in our lives where, you know, where do we store our keys? Where do we store extra maybe a credit card or just miscellaneous papers and things like that. Sometimes it's nice to have that one drawer that houses all those items, but there's a way around it so that you can see everything. It's about organizing it in a way where when you open it, you know where things are and you know where things should be placed. It just makes it so much easier. Uh, I think, again, a lot of us have those drawers full of stuff that's just collecting dust. So I highly recommend going in and starting to declutter those items because you'll realize, wow, like it look, it's so much more freeing when you can open a drawer and there's only a select number of items in there that you actually use. It's so calming. <laughs>
1: Yeah. When I lived alone, I didn't have one. I just had my miscellaneous box that I kept like my passport, a pair of scissors, like band-aids, random stuff. We definitely have drunk drawers now. Did I say it again? Junk? junk Yeah, I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really hard. (laughs) But my biggest advice there is try to get rid of one thing a day, like open it up and little things like post-its and like you don't really need that stuff. Like go digital as much as you can or paperless. I just keep one pen in my purse and that's my pen you don't need a ton of pens and highlighters and stuff that you don't really use mm. all the time like those drawers are I don't like things like extra batteries and stuff like you can have one box in your home to keep miscellaneous items but to like have drawers shoved with stuff most of the time you don't even know what's in them so it's not really doing anything for you or just have drawers dedicated to certain things and then have that miscellaneous drawer where you keep stuff that you still need. It's just random.
0: Yeah, I remember shopping with my mom and we were looking for a bed. And I remember her saying, oh, well, this bed has drawers underneath. You should get this one. Or, or oh, and this side table has multiple drawers. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want drawers because I will just end up at the time I was thinking, I will just end up filling those drawers. So a little way around that is not having those drawers. And then you realize, oh, wow, I actually don't need that stuff, right? Because when we have that space, we, again, think that we need to fill it when really we don't. But I think a lot of the time we can have old stuff. You know, again, lip chaps sprays, creams, etc., just laying there. And then we end up buying more of those items and forgetting about the old items. So it's just about taking some time every single day to declutter it down. And we actually um uh, got a DM from a really nice listener on Instagram about how she started to do a little bit of decluttering, like 10 minutes a day and how much it changed her life. Like a little bit goes a long, long way. I always tell my dad, you know, he's always like, I can't even walk into my office. It's so packed. I'm thinking. 10 minutes a day. Everybody has it. Yeah. We all
1: have it. If we can brush our teeth, we can go do it. And then by the end of the week, you've spent more than an hour cleaning the place. So yeah. it really adds up. Yeah. Imagine people come to our houses and our side tables don't have drawers in them. we're like, oh, we don't want to be tempted to buy anything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so like, yeah, but it's is true. Weird. <laughs> yeah. It is true though. Like the less you have, the less you're going to feel the need to fill sometimes. So That's, it's definitely something to think about. So our next question is old hobbies and craft supplies. So yeah, this is a question that we get often. How do I start decluttering these things? Because a lot of people, they're stuck on the idea of maybe I still enjoy this hobby. Maybe this is something that I'll still do in the future. But you should really ask yourself those questions. Will I actually use these items again? Do these items reflect my past self or my current self? Challenge yourself. Do I see myself using them in the future? Do I really see myself? Be honest with yourself. If you don't, sell or donate to a local charity or school. They'll really, really, really appreciate it. And maybe, you know, some of these craft supplies are super expensive. So then, you know, maybe it makes more sense to think about selling them again. Maybe set a timeline for yourself so that if you don't sell it by a certain date, you will then donate it we've had simple living clients in the past where we recommend that because you know, sometimes it's hard to sell certain things and then they end up just leaving that thing there for a couple of months. It's like, no, instead set a timeline for yourself. If I don't sell it by X date, then let's donate it. Cause the freedom that you get from the space (laughs) is so rewarding. So, and again, you, the thing is a lot of people think, oh, you know, I don't want to get rid of this. You know, I'm so attached to it, but I guarantee you, you get rid of it and you won't think about it after a couple of weeks. You will just move on. So that's what the majority of stuff, including sentimental items. And again, we do recommend taking pictures of sentimental items and stuff like that. Also, if you think, you know, I don't know, I still can't make a decision. Challenge yourself to use these items a few times a week to see if you want them or not. You know, challenge yourself to you know use those crafts or do that. You know, play the guitar, spend time on that old hobby. And you know, you'll know you get a better understanding if you actually want to keep that item or those items or not. And if you do want to start keeping a certain number of items, let's say it's a bunch of craft supplies, start decluttering the excess supplies. Maybe you have an uh, overload of them. Maybe you have pencils and crayons and all those things that are just getting old and paints that are no longer usable. Go through it all. I used to be a painter through university, I would spend hours and hours painting in my dorm room and time would fly by and I loved it so much. And then you know, when I moved to Toronto, I was like, oh, I should get an easel and some paints. And I did. And I never used it. And I always look at it and I'm like, oh, one day I'm going to open it up. And then I thought to myself, no, I'm not. <laughs> so I ended up selling it. And it was so beautiful when you sell items sometimes like there's a market called Kijiji in, in Toronto. And I met up with this mom and her, her, her two daughters. And I just remember it was just like so rewarding to give it. And actually, I, I don't even think I sold it to them. I think it was just a donation. So it's yeah, it's really nice when you do that. So and again, as we said, if you need to declutter it down, just give it a few minutes a day. I'm actually taking on the men's challenge right now, Lauren, the, the the minimalist challenge where you declutter one item for the first day of the month, second day, two items, third day, three items, fourth day, four items, and so on. And yeah, it's re- I'm, I'm on day five right now <laughs> because there's some stuff in my house. I'm, okay. I need to declutter this down declutter- constantly. Again, this lifestyle isn't, you know, you're a minimalist and then you're a minimalist forever. Like, there's ongoing maintenance involved so yeah
1: yeah i feel like you always do this every year I, and i'm like baffled that you still have so much to declutter
0: yeah there's still quite a stuff i mean again you have to be mindful of the stuff coming in and out yeah uh, and uh i i come from a family that loves their stuff and so sometimes new stuff comes into my house and I'm like, okay, will I use it? So yeah, I have to keep on top of things. But for the most part, my place is very minimal. as you know.
1: <laughs> I say that's my boyfriend. I'm like, so I'm doing a challenge where on the first day I get rid of one of your things and on the second day two. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> my goodness. It's
0: so funny for our listeners. Just so you know, Lauren will sometimes throw things out. And so we were we were joking the other day. She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get rid of the garbage can in our house, and then imagine like, because it's just a routine for someone to just go, oh, plop, throw it in here, right? And he's gonna No the
1: the it. side <laughs> table, or,
0: or 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 he'll put this, his coffee down and yeah, no, hit the floor it <laughs> and it falls on the floor. <laughs> That's so funny. I could totally see you doing that. Uh, and then of like, it. what
1: what side table?
0: Yeah speaking of which I don't have a coffee table I don't have a side table those are things that I do need to buy so you got to be on top of this lifestyle
1: yeah so my advice for hobbies and I have this too I actually still have my keyboard in our locker here and I need to get back into playing piano but ask yourself like what is the friction that is stopping you from pursuing these hobbies or getting back into them like maybe you want to get back into playing guitar but your guitar's not fixed, or it's broken, or you need to take lessons, finding those little things that you need to do to get back into it. And if you're not willing to do them, then that's probably showing you that it's not something that you're going to do in the future. And if you haven't done it in over a year, are you really going to do it? So I mean, I just think sometimes hobbies are seasonal, I sail in the summer. So or I play tennis in the summer. So I'm going to keep my tennis racket, even though I don't use it for six or seven or eight months of the year. But you have to um, assess why you're not doing it too and be realistic with yourself. Because I think, you know, we all have that we all have this version or vision of ourselves that we want to be. And that person, I picture myself coming home from work and like, playing the piano beautifully. But I get home from work and I'm tired and I don't want to do that, but I still keep the keyboard. So I understand why, you know, people aspire to be this person that they want to be and holding on to that stuff holds on to a piece of that. But you have to sit down and ask yourself, it's like you with the paint. Oh, I'll paint one day. I'll paint one day. But finally, you just admit it to yourself. No, I'm not going to paint. I need to get rid of this stuff. So yeah, question yourself. Why are you not doing it? Is it something you really want to do or just something you want to be the type of person that does that?
0: So true. Again, yes. Be honest with yourself. So the next area of clutter that we've been asked about helping maintain is office clutter. A question I often get, and the first thing I recommend is removing all of the unnecessary papers in your office or on your desk, because that will remove most of the excess, (laughs) most likely. Then go to your pens and pencils. I'm sure you have some pens that are not working. Then remove all the trinkets that are collecting dust, the things that aren't out on the desk. Sometimes people have pictures of family and friends, and that's great, but sometimes things are also stuck stuck in the little cabinets and cupboards. And you're gonna wanna go through that one by one. I am always thinking of my dad's office because it's so compact and crammed. So I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to give this advice giving from that perspective. It's it it may take a really long time. It's it's sometimes it it's not overnight. I helped my mom with her own office clutter and it took us an entire Sunday afternoon but it was so worth it. And she had so much excess paper. We went through all of that. And then she also had all these old discs. So I remember when we used to put things on discs, Lauren. Oh <laughs> and yeah. Then we, we had to go through all the discs. So it, it took a lot of time, but again, take it day by day. When you do it all in one day it can become overwhelming. So I'm trying to think, okay, dad, if you want to start, start with the papers because that will clear a lot of the space. Then, you know, I know he has like excess binders that he's not using that he doesn't need. There's all these excess things that we have in our office. And then I think about you and I, Lauren, and how, you know, we we work differently these days. Not everybody needs an office space. We can move around with our laptops wherever. We can go to a coffee shop. We can, you know, in my, my apartment, I have a, a kitchen island. Uh, which Lauren often works from. And then I have a high top table where I usually record my podcast with you. And so I'm like, okay, well, for me, it's just I pull out my laptop and I usually have water and a coffee beside it. That's it, nothing else. I was just going to
1: say, office clutter. My desk is empty. I just have my laptop and a glass of water.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause you
1: work from an office a couple of days a week. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And I, or even at home, like my desk at home is empty, <laughs> but when I'm at work, like if you're working from a traditional office where you have printers and paper and staplers and mm-hmm. all that stuff, I understand you need more. So if I did have that stuff at home, I might have a box and just go grab it like a stapler or something when I needed it. I don't really control what's there at the office. Again, simplifying, just having the stuff on your desk that you need on a day-to-day basis, maybe like a decor, like a photo album or something. But the way I keep paper under control is I have a box and I just keep the stuff I need to keep in this box. And at the end of the year, I divide my paperwork by my taxes, my tax receipts, my personal receipts, just important paperwork. I put them in envelopes, label them. And then I, that's filed for that's that. That's how year. you
0: maintain that. That's how, how I maintain it.
1: Um, I used to try to sort it throughout the year, but I didn't keep up with it. So I'm like, just put everything in the box through the year, divide it at the end of the year and file it and you're done.
0: Yeah. I know that you and I both aspire to have these beautiful offices though. So for, you know, right now I don't technically have an office space and my dream office space has a white standing desk and ergonomic chair and maybe some inspirational quotes and pen drawings on the wall and flowers and maybe a cup of coffee in my laptop and a big screen. So like that's, you know, the perfect setup in my mind. And I will have that one day. But again, I would want to keep it clean and clear and again, clutter free. And this summer I was looking at different spaces and looking at all these like inspirational photos for uh, workspaces. And a lot of them were beautiful, but also a lot of them were very cluttered. I was like, but whatever works for you, right? So for me and you, Lauren, we don't want to be distracted when we're working. And sometimes the stuff in your office can be really distracting. So this is a good question. And hopefully those tips are very helpful to you. So now the next question is kitchen supplies and cabinets. So the problem with kitchen cabinets is that they can often be stuffed and packed so densely to the point where foods become expired, foods fall out of the cupboard, and you forget about the ingredients that you have and sometimes end up buying the same thing twice. My mom and I would go grocery shopping as a kid and we'd always come home and she'd be like, oh, I already have that. I'm like, yeah, that's not good. and the, Or I'd get in trouble because I opened the new one and the old one was still open, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: i would get in trouble for that
0: <laughs> yeah it's like you have to be on top of that so first declutter the excess in each cupboard it's easy for easy for me to say start in one area starting like you know your baking cupboard start there including you know your your kitchen supplies and tools then focus on organizing them so declutter first a lot of people they'll just start organizing their cupboards it's like no no, no. figure out what you don't need and then you can remove it because you don't want to be organizing expired stuff. You don't want to be organizing foods that you know you won't be actually eating, even if it's not expired. So you want to get on top of that. And I got to say, Lauren, there's nothing more calming than opening a beautifully organized cupboard. Like, I'll never forget when I went to your house and I was trying to grab a glass of water and I or I went to grab grab a glass of water and everything was perfectly lined up. I was like, wow this is so nice. (laughs) It was just really nice. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Well, now my place looks like that. If you open my cupboard, it's, you know, everything's very aligned and it's, oh gosh, it's so refreshing in the morning when you wake up and it's just, you open it up and it's a new day. You know, it's, you know, you don't have a zillion mugs that are all squished together. We definitely have that mug mug cupboard growing up and we still have it today, but my mom and I decluttered it down a little bit and it's, much better. I do like the idea of having mugs with character and, you know, memories and there's meaning or funny sayings to it. Like, I appreciate that stuff. And you can definitely keep that stuff. It's just be mindful of those that maybe have a crack on them or, you know, you won't be using them, but they just keep sitting there. Right. And as one person, I I, I have four mugs for people who come over and whatnot. And then I have two mugs for myself. Right. So, you don't have to have them all stuck in your cupboard at once. I have extra plates. And we talked about this in the past. I have enough cutlery and whatnot for it to have guests over, but I store that stuff. I don't have all of it out because it's just me right now. So I only have enough for a couple people right now, but then I can bring it out when I need to. I don't like the idea of opening cupboards with tons of plates and cups and it's You know, it's only the one person that lives there. And it's just like, what's the point? It's like your closet. You're looking at all the stuff. You don't need to look at all the clothes that you own throughout four seasons when it's only summer. You don't need to see your winter clothes at the same time. Hide it out. Hide it away. And so I recommend when it comes to cupboards, when you come to like organizing and labeling, I highly recommend glass containers, Lauren. I put like nuts and seeds and stuff in the glass containers and my mom, uh, she has a daycare. So she has plastic organizers, food savers, which, you know, I don't love, but it's still great because they're going to go a long way. She's going to use them for a while and she has kids that are always pulling on these items. So it's much safer to have plastic. So I'm totally cool with that. But yeah, so and she has a cricket machine. Have you heard of cricket, Lauren? So it's a, so. it's a machine that will actually print labels. So she's oh. organized all of the cereals and the baking cupboard with all the, oh, it looks so good. I'm so proud. And again, you can get cheap jars at the dollar store. You don't need, or Amazon, you don't need to buy these expensive jars. So yeah.
1: Um, that's so funny. The mug thing where you like, where they have like photos on them or jokes and stuff. I feel like that would ruin my morning if I had to drink out of that mug. <laughs> I just need my like white plain basic mug to have my coffee at it. Um, okay. So kitchen supplies and cupboards. My routine of having meals that I eat on rotation makes all the ingredients accounted for. So we've all been there where we try a new recipe and we buy weird ingredients and then we didn't like the recipe or we don't make it again. And all of this, we have all of these random things in our cupboards and our fridge that expire. We don't use, or we don't account for. So really like getting your meals down and making them on rotation can help with, overbuying or knowing what you actually have in your fridge and cupboards Uh, when it comes to plates mugs bowls I did the research and for one to two people so a set every set of like cutlery or bowls or plates comes in a set of four so you get like four small plates four big plates that will be for one to two people So if you have one or two people in your household, you can have one set. If you have three to four people, you can have two sets. So this is just like very concrete numbers so that people can have an idea of how much you actually need. Yeah. It's just unloading the dishwasher to a cupboard and like placing the plates and having enough room for the mugs and the glasses and they're not all shoved together it's those little moments. I know it's psycho, but it brings me so much joy. Just like this mug has its place. And yeah, (laughs) and it's just it has to do with like your energy and the you waste time trying to shove things and make room for everything in the kitchen. So yeah, just being mindful of that being like, you know, there's only two of us, we don't need eight bowls, or we don't need this much cutlery or these ingredients, like what am I going to use them for? What recipe am I going to put them in? So that's something to be really mindful of. And also a little trick I use is I store big things like baking pans or crock pots, things that I only like, we only use our crock pot maybe once a month and you know, all the baking stuff, which I'm so excited to bring out for Christmas baking, but I store that stuff and then I'll bring it out in December and you know, make all my gingerbread cookies and shortbreads and everything. And then I'll store it again. So having stuff that you only use on occasion, you don't need in your cupboards to be looking at every single day It gets in the way of the stuff you do need.
0: Yeah. I'm excited for those cookies. I gave you my mom's recipe back in the day and you keep making them every year. I love it.
1: Every year. This year I learned to get the red and green sprinkles in November because they sell out in December. So I've oh, already wow. bought them. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> on it this year, but no, I'm who, super excited to make them.
0: Who knew? Uh, you, okay. So, sorry. Back to the mugs. Yeah. Yes. So I actually, both my mugs are white as well, but I'm just saying for those who appreciate that, it's okay. Like there's yeah. no, there's <laughs> like, you can have whatever you want, just as long as you're using every, all of them, you know? I mean, you don't use one all the time, but you use it sometimes. And if you have a lot of company over, so I have four mugs on display. As you know, Lauren, I was an intern on the Young and the Restless soap opera and in uh, West Hollywood, which when I was younger and they gave me four mugs. And so, yeah, it's always fun when I have people come over and they're like, Wow, I know I know that. It's the coffee shop in the show. So funny. Um, but yeah. I didn't
1: know that actually. But oh, you your mom's that? had a story. Now I know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are from the set of the young and the restless. They have a little coffee shop in the in the show. So for all you young and the restless fans, <laughs> I was never I was never a big watcher of the show, but my sister and my my mom were growing up, which inspired me to uh, take a opportunity there. So or create one. Aww. So the next question is closet. So we mentioned, we touched on this in the part one of our Q&A. So this is an area that people have a lot of trouble with. It's, uh, you know, a closet, including their clothing, their jackets and their shoes. This question is an episode in itself. <laughs> For jackets, something I've recommended in the past is to separate all your outerwear from your clothes and house them in one area. For me, I keep them all at the in the front closet storing away my, my seasonal jackets. If you live in four seasons for shoes, same things front closet. And again, I'm working on having them all in these clear cube bins to make it really accessible and easy for me to pull. And for clothes, I recommend again, checking out our closet decluttering e-guide. We share five simple steps on how to declutter your clothes so that you can build a wardrobe that is more, most conducive to your lifestyle The first thing we recommend, just a little bit of a cold notes, is write down your lifestyle needs so that you can make better decisions once you start decluttering. Figure out what your lifestyle needs, then start decluttering. Separate your items into three categories, your keep, your donate, sell, and your recycle piles. And when you place your keep items back into your closet arrange them by category and, or by outfits. And as many of you know, we also have like sustainable wooden closet kit dividers on our website too, to help section off your closet. So if you find that would be useful to you, definitely check out our website at mastersimplicity.com. But yeah,
1: Lauren, what is your advice here? I mean, my simplest advice, 10 to 15 outfits twice a year, store your off season stuff and extras. If you don't wear it or love it, sell it or donate it.
0: Yeah. Love it. That's so great. That's so great. We need more pictures of our closets. We need to share more. It would be really, really helpful for our listeners to to see our closets. So the next question is, or the next uh, area that people are looking to declutter and need help maintaining is the home entryway and bathroom. So I highly recommend keeping your entryway clutter-free as I said in part one, it's the first thing you see when you open your door. And what Lauren and I struggle with is we don't like anything there. So no rugs, no mats. And we have to force ourselves during the winter to get some type of mat to hold our boots because we think it's so ugly, but we got to do what we got to do. Remove everything that doesn't have a place. A lot of the time we have all these little trinkets everywhere in our front door and it's like no we don't need that remove everything that doesn't have a place there if you don't have a big closet you can buy a rack for your coats and jackets i personally designate a box in my closet for umbrellas scarves hats mitts and when it comes to the bathroom side of things just keep what you use every day in that space that's my biggest piece of advice I know your bathroom, Lauren, you literally just have soap. And then under the sink, you have a mirror and a toothpaste, toothbrush and like five items. It's amazing. And so I live in an apartment where it's one bathroom. And so that means when your guests come, they use that bathroom. So I try to treat it as a guest bathroom so that when people come, my stuff isn't everywhere. So I have all my toiletries and my toothbrush and toothpaste placed in two different bamboo organizers, which I got from Ikea. They are amazing. So if anybody is looking for that link, just uh, DM us at millennial minimalist, and uh, I can share that with you. And when it comes to the extra items, like, you know, sometimes you need extra toiletry backups, shampoos, hand creams. I actually have a little bin in my closet that I store those items so that I don't have to look at them every day. I'm only looking at what I use every day in the bathroom, which is great. And I only have out my soap and my electric toothbrush. That's it. Everything else is hidden away. And, you know, maybe you can have a soap, a little candle sitting out, just something to dress it up. But yeah, that's how we really simplified our bathroom.
1: Yeah, I think those are really good tips. <laughs> For Kelly and I, we we live in condos, so the entryway, you open the door and it's the condo. <laughs> you know, there's not that much of an area, but I was trying to think of my parents' entryway and you have that like front hall closet and there's the shoes and, you know, they had all their photo albums and books in the closet and I mean, both of us keep extras in like our vacuum and stuff in our front hall closet, so there it is at like a necessary storage area, so I understand why people with it but the biggest things I do things like keys wallets phones chargers I keep all of that in my bag always I don't take it out when I get home and put it around the place I don't like looking for the stuff and just like dedicating that like know exactly what you want to put in the home entryway. a lot of times we have coats from like five years ago I don't know if like if, oh, yeah. if you go to your parents' house, I they have coats from when I was a kid still <laughs> so in, in the front hall closet. So you really have to go through that stuff and make sure it's stuff that you're still actually wearing or that your family's still wearing. And if you have the room in your home, like you can put photo albums or books or other things in other areas and just dedicate that to maybe the vacuum or the suitcase or the coats or things that you actually need. Mm-hmm. And then the bathroom the bathroom <laughs> i know a lot of people struggle with this and i get it like there we are so advertised with products and the more products you own the more you need and it just mm-hmm. it's never ending it's like kelly and i made the joke you know You buy the foundation and then you need something to put the foundation on and then you need something to take the foundation off and then you need something to clean the foundation brush. And it's just you go in for one thing and you leave with five. So it's um, I understand the product thing or the cost of maintaining
0: that product. It's really interesting when you buy anything, anything like beyond toiletries. Don't just think about the cost of the product. Think of the cost that it's going to take to maintain that product and think about, is that going to take up a lot of space?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the time it takes to organize it and look at it and manage it. So... The biggest thing with my products is get your daily grooming and makeup or your routine to get ready like down to a pat and be consistent with that. The few things you use sometimes for maybe the nights you go out and you want to get all gussied up or whatever – store that stuff in a separate drawer or separate area, but don't keep it with your day-to-day stuff. Like the stuff you need and use on a day-to-day basis to Mm -hmm. groom yourself and to get ready, that should be what's in your bathroom. And you don't need that much. Like I use just body wash to shave and you know, like you don't have to have a, a separate product for every single thing. Just get it down to what you need and be consistent with that.
0: I love it. Yeah. It's so true. So the next question is the what ifs might need someday. So we touched on this in the first episode. Again, ask yourself, does keeping this item outweigh the cost of storing this item? And not just the physical room it may take up, but the mental space too that we don't even realize. Also think about the cost. Perhaps selling or donating the item is worth it even if you might have to buy it again. I used to, again, have a bunch of stuff like including I even had a yoga mat that I never used and I because I had two. And so I ended up donating that as well. In addition to the paints I talked about earlier. And uh, yeah, and I've never really looked back because I don't need it. Right. And so, again, the what ifs might need someday. Ask yourself those questions. It's so, 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 so helpful. And it's so rewarding to get rid of those what ifs. Not just because of the space, but giving something away to someone else who can use it and it's more useful to them is a beautiful thing.
1: No, I love it. I struggle with it too. There's always stuff I own. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll still use it. I've said this before and I've said it in the podcast earlier, but the calendar year rule, if you haven't used it in a year, then you're probably not going to use it. And if there's things, I th- someone wrote to us, they're like, I am moving supplies. I move every two to three years. What should I do? If you can rent that stuff, it might end up saving you money in terms of cost of space and what you can get for if you sell it and you can get some money back from that then you can put that towards next time you move or just eat the cost of moving because it can be a lot storing all of this stuff or things like camping gear. Like some people only camp have a couple years, but they have tents and all this stuff for cooking. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. My,
0: my parents still have camping stuff from when I was seven years old and it's just so thick with dust.
1: <laughs> I know. Like- well, and then you, if you sell it and you rent it when you do need it, then you If you do end up going, then you really want to go and you'll rent the stuff for it. So it's not just, you're like, oh, I should go. I I should do this. You're going because you want to and you'll put the money into renting the stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, And then you'll have space and you found space in your place and in your basement or wherever you stored it. So,
1: yeah. Like I had a bike in Toronto and I left it outside one winter and it rusted. Oh no. So I just got rid of it. And now I rent the bikes. It's a hundred dollars a year to rent the bikes in Toronto. And I look at it like, yeah, I could put that hundred dollars towards a bike, but also I would have to store a bike. And how much does that cost in a condo to store a bike every year? I would have to maintain it and pump up the tires. And it's just easier for me to not have to worry about any of that and rent the bike yearly and be able to use it whenever I want to. So that's
0: a great example.
1: Yeah. it, It does make a difference. Like sometimes just eating the cost of renting it can save you a lot of space and you can't put a price on mental clarity and
0: oh, really not having
1: really to deal can't.
0: with it. It actually goes into our our next question, and it's um, to do with emotional clutter. It's like, how do I declutter and, and manage that? So I always recommend prioritize time for you. What I've learned over the past, I guess it's almost four, and four plus years of living simply, is it's so important to make time for self-care and disconnect from your devices and reduce the number of tasks on your plate if you can focus on what's most essential to you each day for us exercise really really helps lauren and i i know i I, whenever you come to my house and you're like oh i'm in a bad mood it's like i know exactly why lauren it's like you didn't you didn't have your morning routine it was it was off something happened like you you with your emotional clutter like even with me i get really hard on myself if I don't exercise in the morning. It's not because it's like, oh, you didn't burn calories this morning. Nothing to do with that. It's, hey, you you haven't cleared your mind. For me, walking every morning just clears my mind. And so I recommend setting those non-negotiable time blocks in your calendar for you to clear your mind, even if that means a 10 minute walk to a coffee shop. And again, explore therapy. I can't recommend it enough and sleep. Well, that will really, really help you. And we've done previous many episodes on this topic in the past. Episode 126, it's called Overcome Distractions and Pursue a More Meaningful Life with Minimal Slot Leader Joshua Becker. And episode 129, Radically Content with Jamie Varin. That's another episode I recommend. So if you're struggling with mental clutter, definitely check both of those episodes out.
1: You know, I think a mental clutter not just your emotions but like being overwhelmed with things to do as well and one thing I do is I keep a to-do list in my notes section on my phone this is really random but I remember I was on a date a few years ago like a first date and yeah. me and the guy were like let's show each other our notes section on our phones to see no what we have way. On <laughs> yeah but that was one of my things was my running to-do list and everything from like renew my health card, like sell my old Christmas tree. like. And the reason I write it down is to get it out of my mind. It's like, oh, I need to do this. Put it on the to-do list and then you don't have to think about it anymore. And I, I have my calendar with my scheduled events. I have my running to-do list and then I have my daily to-do list. So between those three things, it takes away the mental exhaustion of having to remember all of these little things that I have to do with my life every day. Another thing too, is when you feel overwhelmed, which we all get, you know, it's like, oh, I have to like clean the whole house or I have to like do this big work project or just do a little bit. You know, like there are times when I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, just do one thing. Even if if your house is a huge mess and you're exhausted and you feel overwhelmed, just make your bed. she be like, I'm just going to make my bed and then that's it. And sometimes you'll make your bed and then you'll be like, I can hang up my clothes. I can put the dishes away. Like it it can, because the hardest thing is getting started. Mm-hmm. But you know, like just doing that little bit, oh, oh I didn't exercise today. I, I feel bad. Just five minutes. Just do five minutes. Go for a five minute walk. Go for a 10 minute walk maybe you'll go longer. But if you don't, it's one little thing, which can take away from that overwhelm, because all of a sudden, or it's like, it with work, if you have a bunch of emails to get back to, and you're anxious about it, just respond to an email and say, Hey, thank you, I've received your email, I'll get back to you, that can bring such a sense of peace to you of mm-hmm. just being proactive when you're feel overwhelmed with things. Again, like you said, I always step back if I'm in a bad mood or my emotions are off. And I'm like, did you sleep well? I, like, are you eating properly? Did you exercise? Because it's those things that can throw you off. Also, as women, depending on where you are in your cycle, you might be more emotional or, you know, just more irritable. So you kind of have to step back and like assess why things might be the way they are as opposed to just being so reactive to things. Yes. just finding resolutions for your problems when you're, you have all this stuff going on your mind, sitting down and being like, how can I solve this? Like, how can I take steps to resolve this issue as opposed to just constantly letting it run through my mind?
0: So I actually got an email yesterday, Lauren, and I, I, it was an exciting email, but it's, it's exciting anxiety because you have to prepare for what this email leads to. And I thought to myself, okay, I I was thinking about something else for a moment. And then I thought, oh, why do I feel anxious right now? And then I was like, oh, it's because of that email. And then I thought, okay, well, what can I do today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day to make myself feel less anxious? Sometimes, again, as you said, stop and reflect. Okay, why do I feel this way? And then what are some steps I can take to no longer feel this way, right? It's just having that mental awareness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's so many times. I'll be like in a good mood. And then I'm like, wait, wasn't I worried about something? What was I worried about before? (laughs) I'm like, well, it can't be that big. And obviously the last thing Kelly and I have said it before, therapy can help so much. Just talking to someone, getting everything out on the table, you know, having someone's unbiased opinion on what's going on in your life can be huge. So we both recommend that a lot. And I just want to add one more thing. I love reading books on psychology that give you tidbits and hacks on how to control your emotions and and things to do to like make things better, whether it's, it's lists or speaking with someone or writing or, you know, how to solve your own things in your life. Yeah, that's
0: you know, we, we talked to Dr. Judd in a past episode about how to manage your anxiety. And uh, yeah, definitely check that episode out in our backlog. Dr. Judd is wonderful. Such a great personality. And he talks about how to, yeah, manage your anxiety. Uh, Something that I think we, we can all (laughs) uh, take a lot away from. So, so our next, the next area is digital clutter. Now, Digital Clutter, again, is a whole episode in itself. And we actually did run an episode on this, and we will do more in the future it's an old episode of ours. It's episode 40 called Digital Minimalism. And I listened to it yesterday and oh my gosh, we sound so young, first of all. <laughs> uh, second of all, it, we shared so many great tips. I, I got to say for ourselves, like it, it was information packed. So definitely check out episode 40, Digital Minimalism. You'll hear our old little jingle. It's quite cute. So when it comes to digital clutter, clutter, I think about my computer and I think about the phone. So I'm actually still decluttering my computer, my computer files every single day for five to 10 minutes every day. So often people have decluttered desktops. Now that's not something I have, but that's where I would start if you do then go to decluttering your files on your computer. And I think it's most helpful to declutter those files that you use the most first, because you'll feel more accomplished. You'll be like, okay, like, you know, this is something that I use every day. And then you'll see the benefits of having this file that isn't overwhelming so that you can actually find files that you use often. I have also store majority of my work files in Google Drive. So I don't have to deal with having everything on my laptop, which is really, really great. And it really, really helps remove that excess clutter And when it comes to the computer, I also recommend be mindful of social media and all the apps on your computer that ding you and ping you, right? Turn off all those notifications because a lot of that can cause distraction, obviously, can move you away from the task at hand, and it can cause mental clutter. So be mindful of that. And I also recommend cleaning up the bookmark bar. If you use Chrome or Safari or whatever you use, clean up the bookmarks bar It's uh, I. I'm often bookmarking everything, and I have different folders, and I have to organize it often. But when you have a clear bookmarks bar, makes things so much easier. I love it. And then with the phone, I'm actually still working to declutter down the photos on my phone. I've made a lot of progress. I have uh, set a challenge for myself. I cannot get a new iPhone 14 until number of photos are at a certain number. So I'm decluttering over 200 photos a day right now. So that's my goal. Cause you know, there's a lot of screenshots some random photos that you don't need. And so I'm trying to get everything down, you know, back in the day, we used to just take pictures and put them in photo albums and I'm um, it to our computer. And now it's just all lives in our phone. So yeah, it can get really messy. Uh, I remember I, 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 I told a friend, I was like, Oh, I have X thousand photos. And she's like, Oh, well I have this money. And it was like 50,000 more than I have. And I was like, wow. Okay. (laughs) I'm not so bad.
1: Yeah. People have a lot of photos.
0: Some people have so many photos. It's
1: crazy.
0: And I know your tip is wonderful, Lauren. You always, and I'm i am just making a joke here, you, you store everything in the trash. So it <laughs> makes everything easier. <laughs> Literally all of her files on her computer are in the trash because she puts everything up in the Google Drive or like, I don't know, somewhere on the cloud. So you don't have anything on your desktop. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah. Even my desktop picture, the background is black and on my phone. So it's just like mental peace Mm. for me. There's no distraction. Another little tip for your phone. When I like a photo, like it's one of my favorites, I heart it and then it'll automatically go into a favorite section in your albums. And then you can just get rid of the ones you don't like the most and it can help you sort through them immediately. Mm hmm. And then when I go through my photos, I just go through my favorite ones. So you don't have all the outtakes, outtakes, outtakes. (laughs) Like I, I have my few folders on my desktop of things that I'm currently using, like for my real estate, for the podcast, for writing yeah, I don't have that many apps on my Lauren phone. Lauren doesn't have much advice for decluttering. Yeah, yeah, I don't.
0: <laughs> you don't have much. I have a lot, uh, but no. It, honestly, keeping files organized goes a long way. Declutter a little bit each day. Again, it's it can feel overwhelming, but five, 10 minutes every day can make a big difference. Uh, you'll find that there are ways around turning things off. Also in terms of the phone, we've touched this, touched on this like way back in the day, but you can, I, I hate it when I see an iPhone and all the apps are all over the home screen. You can pull all those apps to the bottom of your home screen so that you only have, you have basically all my apps are in one folder. So if anybody has any questions, we, we're happy to share an image of this on our social as well. But when you open your phone, all you see is whatever your picture or a color or black and white, the time, and then, yeah, just four little icons at the bottom. So it makes it really simplifies things so that there aren't all these red dots in your face. Turn off those notifications because they can do a lot of harm. So in, in that digital minimalism episode I was talking about, it was so cute. We were talking about how Yeah, today there's Wi-Fi everywhere and we can't get away from it. And you had said, this is, I guess, years ago. You're like, well, I was like, yeah, the safest place is the shower. And you're like, oh, I don't think so. There's going to be some phone that's waterproof and we're going to be fine. And now it is. It's waterproof. and So we can't take it in the shower. (laughs) We're not getting away from this. Where's this sacred place that we can get away? So it's so funny. So now we have to physically, physically move away from these Extensions of our bodies. So, anyways, the second section, the last question that we asked our listeners is What are you working to declutter and how can we help you? The first question was My basement is packed with items from childhood. How do I detach from items that I no longer use, such as like childhood photos, high school memorabilia? And when I read this question, I was like, Oh, I can really relate to this. And over 2020, Lauren, my mom and I, she helped me declutter a couple boxes in our basement full of old artwork of mine, childhood assignments. And I now have one three foot by two foot box that houses all of my most memorable uh, assignments, artworks. And let me tell you, like, I had a lot of stuff, so to get it down to that was amazing. I, I used to be a model. I had multiple books and photos of excess that I recycled. I got, uh, I used, to, I played soccer for 15 years. I got rid of all of my medals and, and stuff like that. Sometimes people like to keep certain things, and yeah, maybe keep a couple, but you don't need the, all of them. So I had so many trophies, so many trophies. And what I did mm-hmm. is I lined them all up. I took a picture, and I was like, done. I've Got a memory, there you go. I don't need these physical things anymore. And the cutest part of this thing is the this experience though was I used to do big paintings, right? As you know, and I mentioned this, I don't know what episode it was, but I recycled a lot of these artworks that I did that I put together and I put them in the recycling bin. And then the next day, my dad had one of the artworks on display in the garage, and then like he kept it. And then, and the other piece, I did a big painting of a golf course. I don't know. Cause my dad loves golf. So I painted this thing and I was like, Oh, well, I'll just take a picture of it. I don't need it anymore. He hung it up in his office. I was like, dad, I'm trying to get rid of this stuff. It was really cute though. Like he was like, Oh, this is useful to me. I can keep this. But yeah, that was, that was adorable. But yeah. So when it comes to that stuff, take a lot of pictures, get rid of the stuff that you know, that you won't look at again, For me, like I used to treat assignments like artworks. And so some of the stuff that I put together, I even wrote a child, like a a storybook. And so it's really cute. I did all the artwork, the writing for it. And I was like, these are things like I want to show my future partner, you know, they're very cute. And so I I kept trinkets like that, but try to get it down to like the most essential things and maybe go through it every single year to see you're like, okay, well, yeah, I actually don't need this piece or or this essay or whatnot, so I think a lot of people don't even really care to keep on to this stuff, but I see I see value in keeping some of the things, so I get it. Do you have any of that stuff, Lauren? I feel like you don't have much from your childhood Well, I definitely
1: don't have trophies. <laughs> yeah, I was so bad at sports when you were saying talking about that I was laughing, and I didn't had no trouble getting rid of just my participation ribbons. <laughs> Yeah, I guess my biggest thing is just to photograph them. One thing, this is an example I can give, but surprisingly enough, I collected Beanie Babies when I was a kid. (gasps) Did you collect Beanie Babies? My mom was
0: obsessed.
1: I I was upset. I had over a hundred Beanie Babies and Beanie Baby Buddies and teeny Beanie Babies. And I had the books and the tag protectors. And I would like brush them and read about them. And I, anyways, I love them. And my parents still have this collection of Beanie Babies. And they're like, we don't want to get rid of it. Like it's, um, it's like part of your childhood. We like want to keep it. And I was like, no, I just want to keep one. And it's Platy the platypus. And that was my first beanie baby. I'm like, you can get rid of the rest. So like, that is the only memory I need from this collection from when I was a kid. But I get that. Like it, it was a big part of my childhood. I loved them. And like, I get why people want to collect them, but it's also not useful. Like I, it's not like I'm going to go home and play with them. I don't, I'll give them to my kids. I don't want them touching the tags. <laughs> no. Yeah,
0: exactly. Maybe and they're worth something now. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. That's so interesting. Um,
1: yeah. And also a really good bit of advice is to give yourself a box like you did, Kelly, and limit the amount of space you're going to give yourself. Be like, this is my memorabilia box and I can fill it up, but this is it. Like I, I can't yep. fill 10 boxes. I can fill one. So like figure out what is super sentimental to you, what really means something, what really, you know, brings back that memory or that you want to hold on to and keep it in that box. But give yourself a a limit.
0: Yeah, that's very smart. Very smart. So the next response we received is looking to declutter sentimental items. We kind of touched on this in part one. I recommend keeping a little box. So I have a memory box for sentimental items, including, you know, cards from family and friends for birthdays, trinkets from my travels. I have a couple of memorable concert tickets and other memorabilia. And I go through it every single year over Christmas. And I'm like, okay, this no longer adds value to me, but it's nice to have that little box that sparks memories from your past. So I get it, but you don't need everything. Just ask yourself those questions. Like, do I really need to keep on hold on to this? Is, you know, what is the memory that's attached to this? Is there something else that, you know, or can I just keep this in my head? Do I actually need a physical item to keep this memory? You know, I, I know, uh, and and you've shared this this story with our listeners in the past about your brother, Lauren. Um, Lauren's brother passed away over 10 years ago now. And you talked about how your dad actually wears one of his jackets, which is so cute and so sweet. And, you know, when it comes to those sentimental items, how did you guys work through that?
1: Yeah, it was hard. I mean, my mom wanted to keep everything. But mm-hmm. I think as like the years go by, you kind of Like I always, there was some things that really meant something to me. He had these dinosaur slippers as a kid that he got for Christmas. And I, I wanted to keep them. I'm like, I remember this. And we had these blankies that our grandmother gave us. His was blue. Mine was pink. Like Mickey Mouse ears from Disneyland. Like these are things I just want to keep. But then there's so much of his stuff. Like he loved cars. So he had like car figurines and his clothes and stuff like that stuff, I don't feel the need to keep that. That was something that was special to him, but it was not a memory that I shared with him that I want to keep for myself of his items. So I don't know. I, 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 understand it's so hard to get rid of these sentimental items, but, you know, finding those things that do bring back memories for you and that are really sentimental to you. I think it's okay to keep those.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But yeah, again, you know, only limit limit it to the certain number of items that you really, really think would be useful to you, or that really spark those memories. You don't need everything, right? So yeah, that's a that it's a tough one, but it's it's asking yourself those questions that will really help you work through it. So our, our next response was too many holiday de- decorations. I want to feel festive this season, but don't have much storage space. This is a fun one for us, Lauren. Well, hol- this holiday is like your favorite of the year. Mine too, but you really get into Christmas. It's adorable. So I, I like to say that a little festivity goes a long way. Only keep and use your most meaningful items and declutter the rest. And also declutter before you buy new Christmas items. You know, sometimes we're like, get so excited. We're in the stores and they've got all these new things. It's like, okay, well, what do you currently have in your home that you could get rid of when you bring this new thing into your home? And try decorating specific zones in your home. You know, have say, hey, this area, I'm going to organize this area so that I can bring extra Christmas items into this area. So sometimes we end up bringing excess items into areas that are already cluttered. So organize that space first before you add new items, right? Because then it can be overwhelming. And we, we did an episode with Meg Norman, author Meg Norman, also a fellow minimalist. It's episode 88 called Simplify the Holidays with Meg Norman. And she shares some amazing ideas to help you reduce the number of items that you store over the years. She, she offers sustainable solutions so that you don't actually have to store a bunch of stuff. Because these items can just, are just degradable after. So check out this episode. Again, there's so many great holiday decoration ideas that don't cost much
1: and uh, they're biodegradable. So, yeah. I have a lot of tips for this question. I love this question. (laughs) Um, If you've been following the podcast, I'm a huge Christmas fan. I love Christmas. I'm one of those super annoying people about it. My Christmas tree is literally behind me as Kelly and I are recording this. Um, But I love, you know, I love minimalism, but I love simple, really well done Christmas decor too. I think that a lot of times Christmas decorations can be so tacky and so overdone. And if you just get a few nice things, it can make your home look so beautiful and you don't have a ton of stuff to store. So my biggest advice, get a really nice tree I don't even put decorations on it. I just do lights. So mm. it's just so such a nice tree. And then I put <laughs> fake gifts under it every year. <laughs> so funny. I know it's so psycho, but I like that uniform, like catalog look of a tree. So I there's gifts under the tree right now. So it looks like a real Christmas tree, but they're empty. So I know that's psycho, but it, It looks really nice to me. I get like a really nice wreath, things like a poinsettia, like those things you can compost after, but it's still really Christmassy. Candles, you can light a Christmas candle and then your home smells like gingerbread and that's low storage. I love it. And then I think people get so into decorating for Christmas and they forget about all the fun things that Christmas is about. Like you can watch Christmas movies and bake Christmas cookies and go skating and, you know, go see the Nutcracker or events that are going on. Like, Kelly, we live in Toronto. We have the Christmas market. So nice. You know, yeah, like enjoy that part of Christmas, buying a bunch of plastic stuff and like taping into the wall is not. Yeah. What avoid, is that, avoid that. Avoid yeah, that. Go the sustainable way.
0: Sustainable way. There's so many cool items that you can build on your own. I think it was, it was, it was like a citrus garland. It was amazing. She has, again, Meg Norton has all these great ideas and yeah, definitely check out that episode because there's a lot of different ways and you know, it's just simple things. As you said, a reef on the door, a uh, garland around a staircase, candles, stockings, simple and Super you know don't simple, o- yeah. don't overwhelm yourself so that you can go enjoy the christmas activities so
1: yeah and it looks better than your home you know you have a focal point you have the tree it's not the tree and then all of this other stuff surrounded by it so just how we live our lifestyle and preach with minimalism apply that to christmas decor <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes yes so the next area that people are looking to declutter re- is storage areas in the garage This individual says it's full of stuff I'm unsure of until I can deal with it. Oh gosh. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this and not even if you don't have a garage, some storage area in your home. Again, just like any other area in your home, go through your items by category and place into three to four piles, the keep pile, the sell or donate pile, and the recycle or throw away uh, pile. Uh, Again, I was with a friend yesterday and he said, oh, you and Lauren, you really inspired me to put a sell and donate bin beside my front door. And it's done wonders. And I was like, oh, that's great. I was really happy to hear that. But back to the garage. So my parents' garage is completely packed and uh, my dad bought an organizer to organize the garage items. And unfortunately, he didn't declutter first. So it's like it's organizing the clutter, right? So you wanted to clutter First, before you get that item, and uh, my goal is actually to help them with that because we need to go through that garage. There's a lot of stuff, but uh, but yeah, I, 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 again, it's overwhelming. You know, it's full of stuff. I don't know what to deal with. Start in one area and start making decisions. You know, I've been there where I'm like, oh, I don't know how to deal with it. If once you ask yourself those questions, you will start realizing, okay, I know what to do with this item. I can get rid of it. Have I used it in the past? six months one year is there someone that could use it out there that would actually could get great use out of this versus me so just some things to think about
1: yeah my dad's rule with the garage was he always wanted to make sure he could park the the cars in there so and then he didn't want stuff falling on the car and scratching it so he didn't want a lot around the cars either so just you know Taking good care of your car and making, you know, we live in Canada. You don't want it out in the snow all the time. So having somewhere to park it and having a space where it's not going to get scratched up and be around a bunch of clutter. Kelly and I don't have cars or garages, but in the future we will hopefully.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: I'm sure your garage will
0: be beautifully white. Not a speck of anything in there, but the car (laughs) knowing
1: you. (laughs) I hope so. My so white next, Tesla.
0: Yeah, yeah, your white Tesla with a white interior. So knowing what to give up or try to sell when it's an expensive item. Oh, that's the next um, response that we received. Now, I've definitely been asked this before. What do I do with something that is expensive? And I you know, I don't want to just give it away. You know, I, I want to sell it. If it's expensive, again, try selling it. But set a target date for yourself. If you can't sell it by that date give it to a friend, donate it. It's going to be worth it because you haven't worn it most likely. And I'm just applying this to clothes to start, but you can apply it to everything, even if it's expensive. Yes, try to sell But if you can't, give it away. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't get the money that we wanted back, but that is okay. It's a lesson learned. You'll realize, hey, I shouldn't buy that item because I know I'm not going to use it right? I remember, Lauren, when we first started a business where we were helping people resell their brand name clothing items. That was really fun. We would take these branded items from our friends' homes and we would sell them. I would actually do the business side. Lauren would physically meet those people and give them the items and sell them for money in turn which is very brave of you Lauren. <laughs> I was too scared of that part. And uh yeah. but yeah, it was it was it was a good experience cuz you know, we started selling these expensive items. Now some of the items we weren't able to sell and some we communicated with the person, okay, can we donate these items and they'd say yes or no and so that's how we went. But yeah, so it's a process, but don't worry about them being too expensive. There's going to be a lesson learned in all of it, but again, yes, try to sell it. But if you can't donate and uh, if you have more questions around this area, definitely check out episode 105 where we talk about how to pare down your possessions.
1: Yeah. I mean, the good thing about expensive stuff is it does well in the secondhand market, I think. So, you know, if you have like a nice designer bag or shoes or something, you'll likely be able to still get good money for it and be able to sell it. And if you're not using it, you're not wearing it it's nice to get money back for it. I think there's a lot of times we've bought and stuff and you can't sell it. So mm-hmm. it's even more motivating to put it out there and, and get it sold.
0: So the next response is my boyfriend's clutter is mm-hmm. some, what someone says. And as we said in the previous episode, lead by example, show him how you live simply and keep organized. Maybe actually, I would, this is my tip, Lauren, do you think this would work? Because since you are living with your boyfriend maybe organize some of his stuff one day and see how he feels or do a big declutter together. Maybe he's open to that. And third, agree to keep common areas clutter-free. The areas that you guys share, you should be able to keep that more clear and compromise on that. But if he's clutter-blind or if he likes some clutter, give him a space where he can be messy, ideally with a closed door.
1: (laughs) Yeah. One thing I've learned from living with my boyfriend is Just going through stuff with them. Most people, like a lot of people just don't want to go through old stuff. It's time consuming. It takes effort. We're all busy. We're all tired. But, you know, I'll pull stuff out of drawers and be like, hey, do you still need this? Hey, you you have a bunch of these. Can I get rid of some? Hey, like, are you still wearing these sweaters? Can I donate them? And a lot of times he'll be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And if he says, no, I still get rid of it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, just like helping them. Sometimes people just kind of, and my dad does it with my mom. He'll go in and be like, hey, g- can we get rid of this stuff? Like y- you don't use it or we have duplicates of this. And she'll be like, yeah, that's fine. Like you can donate it. So if you are like really adamant about getting your place decluttered, going through their stuff with them or, you know, being proactive on their side, a lot of times they don't want the clutter there anyways. So it it can help. Awesome.
0: Awesome. The next response we received is, you know, an area of clutter they struggle with is my house because I am moving. And I was like, oh, this is a good question for me because I just recently moved. So I suggest only taking with you the items that are useful to you and work in your new space. So that helps you move in with only the items that you know that you're likely to use which makes things so much easier because you don't want to just move all your stuff in the new place and then have to deal with it in the new place that would not be fun so sell or donate your unwanted items before you move in that way you can only that way you can unpack your essentials so much easier so i moved into my new apartment i guess it's been almost four months now which is awesome and uh I decluttered before I packed. And when I did pack my items, I labeled everything and I packed them neatly so that it was easy to
1: unpack them. Yeah. Moving's the best time to go through your stuff. I feel like people, I, it's obviously overwhelming, but you got to pack it. So it's you might as well go through it. And it's just, you know, you're moving to this new space. Like that you can make uh, this beautiful, minimalist space. So as you're packing, ask yourself, do I want to bring this into the next part of my life? Is it, do I use it? Like, is it necessary? It's a, it's a great time. I know it's overwhelming, but this is the best time you are forced to go through your stuff. So you might as well take advantage of it and get rid of what you're not using.
0: You know, I spoke with a friend last week and it just dawned on me. She's like, do your parents still live in your family home? And I was like, I said it like, yeah. And she was like, oh, well, mine are leaving and it's so sad. And I was like, oh, I want my parents to move because that means they're going to have to declutter. (laughs) It's a good thing. Like it's a challenge. It's a good thing because when you move, you have to make all these decisions and you will honestly, if you make those decisions, you're going to feel so much lighter once you move. It'll be great. So it's a challenge. It's a way to declutter. The next response is similar. It's about moving supplies. This person says, I'm a renter who moves every two to three years. How can I simplify? Again, own and keep only what you need and love. And a packing hack that I have is when I move, well, when I moved, I had a few suitcases for clothes and delicate items. Then I got a bunch of boxes for the rest. And then when it came to my big items, they were wrapped by my movers. So it was pretty seamless. I packed everything by myself and it wasn't that hard. You just need some packing tape, some boxes. I really learned how to put boxes together. (laughs) I wasn't good at it before, but now I'm an expert. And uh, yeah, I mean, keep track of the things coming in, considering that you're always moving. Think about one thing in one thing out. It goes back to that idea because You don't want to have to keep bringing
1: all this excess in if you have to continually move every two to three years. And like you said, sometimes it's worth hiring a moving company to do the big items so you don't need all of these extra moving tools and stuff because that's stuff you're going to have to store and it can take up a lot of space.
0: Yeah. And we actually recently recorded an episode on this. It's called Let's Talk About Moving and Embracing Change. It's episode 134. So next response is downsizing from a one bedroom apartment to a single room in my family's home. So that is hard, but I have been there. So I'm glad that this question came in. So first off, I had a similar situation. And what I did is I ended up selling or donating duplicate items of things that I knew my parents already had. So I was like, okay, I don't need these items because they have them. I don't want to, bring duplicates to the new home. If you're planning to move Back, let's say Lauren, I had to move back to my parents and I was planning to move back home within the next year. If that's your case, you may want to store your larger items like couches, chairs, tables, and bed in a storage facility for a monthly fee if that is an option for you. Uh, or maybe your family has space in the home for those items, but they probably don't. And if you have those big items, again, maybe you can leave them there. Maybe you're renting and it, came with the place, but if it didn't, definitely think of a storage facility. And again, start decluttering today. Because if you are downsizing to that smaller space and you only have your room and you don't need all the other things, start getting rid of the things that aren't useful to you. This is a good challenge. Don't see it as, oh gosh, this is gonna be a struggle. See it as like a really good challenge because you will feel so much lighter, despite the fact that you won't have as much of a large space to live in, see the value and benefit in having that small space and seeing how much other stuff, maybe, maybe you're going to get more, more space for experiences. You know, maybe there's going to be some beauty in this, you know, so definitely think about the positives that come from it.
1: Yeah. If you plan on moving back out to get to your own place, I wouldn't sell or get rid of stuff, you're going to have to rebuy it and that's going to be really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, like Kelly said, it's a great time to see the stuff you need on a day-to-day basis and the few things you need to live without all the excess, whether you store it or sell it. So it's take a good it challenge. as a time to challenge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a really good challenge. So the last two questions or the last two responses, the first is, Personal hygiene, makeup, and skincare. I love this one. Thank you for whoever submitted this one. So, when it comes to decluttering these items, before you declutter, think about just keeping it simple. Use a few products that are essential to your needs and arrange them so that they keep clean and organized. Again, I have those two bamboo compartments for my toiletries and my toothbrush and toothpaste very easy. And as Lauren, you like to say, try to use up every product before you buy a new one or new version of the same product, because then the old products will just sit there. And I found out Lauren that I, I, I found out that makeup expires. So be on top of that. So apparently the golden rule is around two years for foundations, shadows and lipsticks and stuff like that. And when it comes to this question, I, I thought it would be helpful to also share what I use and my morning routine. So when it comes to like my personal hygiene, makeup, and skincare, I I used to be even simpler than this. Growing up in university, all I would use is a cleanser and a moisturizer. That's it. Uh, now I use additional things because I'm older. So we need a little bit more product, arguably. So I do the same routine morning and night. I do, uh, I use Juice Beauty Cleansing Oil. Then I use Sukin Sensitive Milk Cleanser. Then I use the Inkey List Hyaluronic Acid Serum, and then I use Caudalie Sorbet Moisturizer. So it's a four-step process. And sometimes in the evenings, I will use resveratrol, which is a lighter form of retinol. So it's not as harsh. And yeah, I find it's really working for me. I know you like your face masks and stuff, Lauren.
1: <laughs> oh, now I want your skincare routine. Yeah. <laughs> uh- Um, My skincare, again, super simple. I just cleanse and moisturize. I don't even have makeup remover. I just use a washcloth. And I do do face masks, though. So I like Core Organics. She has an exfoliating one and a hydrating one. I do that once a week. And when it comes to hygiene products, you know, a bar of soap, a razor, shampoo and conditioner, like you really don't need that much. I think. We are sold on believing that we need so many products and sometimes it can make your skin worse if you're, Yes. yes. So you have to be careful. There's like skin minimalism is getting popular now. So it might be beneficial to your skin to simplify your routine.
0: Yeah, we should do an episode on skin minimalism. That would be amazing. So our last response is trying to be happy with what I have and stop buying new stuff to swap out for no good reason. Oh, you know, I always think be mindful of who and what you follow on social media. You know, the Instagram and Facebook stories and images that are fed to us can influence us to feel the need to keep up with others or buy things to fit in and replace certain items that we already have to make them look better. But Ask yourself, it seems like she already, she or he who asked this question already knows the answer. You know, you you know that you don't need to buy these items. They're already saying that in in this. And and think about challenging yourself to a no-buy month or two. I think that could be really helpful because it can help you realize what you use and what you need and and what you don't need. And again, if something is overly worn, it's okay to buy new. If you're taking up a new hobby, that's okay too. Just as long as you know that you will stick with it. It's okay to buy new stuff, to swap for old stuff, but have a reason. So if there's no good reason, then yes, think twice. But also, again, be aware of all the images and what's influencing you to do these things. Ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this? Is it is it because your friends have that? Is it because you feel like You need it again to fit in. Like what what is it? What is going through your mind? Like again, it's about stepping back, reflecting, and asking yourself those important questions.
1: Yeah, like I'm a minimalist and I have a podcast on minimalism and I will still go on TikTok and you know, 20 minutes later I'm like, oh my God, I need all this stuff. I need a face roller and a dry (laughs) brush. And I'm and then I get and I'm like, I need to get off of this because it's making me believe that I need all of these products to like, be beautiful and fashionable and, Mm -hmm. you know, on trends and you don't like it, you have to step back and be like, getting a good night's sleep is probably going to give me better skin than a face roller or yes. <laughs> managing my stress is probably better than all these face masks. You have to like put things into perspective and understand that like, marketing is done really well like the science behind a lot of things. Make sure you look into before you're buying all of these products. And I I do I understand like you know it, it's hard to be happy with what you have. That's why it's nice to switch out your closet every six months because you're bringing clothes that seem new, even though they're your own clothes and they were stored. Yeah. And at the end of the day, just like finding other forms of entertainment, because if you're so exposed to this stuff, this new stuff all of the time, stay off social media, unfollow those accounts, stay out of the mall do other things, work on your, you know, read a book, go for a walk, work on a side hustle. Like you don't have to be exposed to this stuff all the time because we're only human. Like you're, you're going to be tempted to get this stuff. And I I understand it. Even this holiday season, I'm thinking right now, this is the first year where I'm like, oh, I don't need to go out and buy all these new outfits for all these events. I'm like, I have outfits I can wear. Like good. I am good now. I have dresses. I have skirts. I have a sequin dress for New Year's. I don't need to go out and do the whole haul again. So go back and go through your stuff because you probably have a lot of things that you're not using.
0: Love it. Great advice. So true. So true. Well, this was so fun, Lauren. This is great. I mean, I feel like I've learned a lot about what people are struggling with, but also it's helped me reflect and apply it to my life and figure out, oh, what are areas that we can still improve on? So doing these Q and A's are super helpful. It's nice to share our tips, but it's also nice to like think harder about certain areas that maybe we can improve on and also areas that we could do a little bit more research on. So yeah, this is super successful and thank you all for, again, submitting your questions. It's, uh, yeah, I just I just love hearing from you. And if you want to connect with us more and have specific questions about the Q&A, definitely send us a line on our Instagram or Facebook accounts at Millennial Minimalists.
1: Yeah, this was so much fun. And the questions are great. It's stuff we struggle with too. So
0: Yeah. We're all in this together. I always say like, this is a lifestyle. This is like our journey and you know, we're all on this together. And, uh, hopefully you feel like you're just sitting across the table with Lauren and I right now. So that's, that's the whole idea here. So, uh, thanks again so much for listening and we will speak with you next week. See you next week guys. Cheers everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the second half of our Q&A discussion. And I want to thank those of you who submitted a question. We want to continue to learn more about the areas of access that you need help with. And we hope that you took away a few tips from our discussion today and stay tuned for next week's episode where Lauren and I share our minimalist approach to the holidays. You may be getting ready for the holiday season now. And if you are seeking advice on how to simplify gift giving and holiday decor, I highly recommend that you refer back to one of our previous episodes. That's episode 88 titled simplify the holidays with Meg Nordman. It is information packed. And to close, if you haven't already, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at millennial Minimalists. And if you're enjoying our podcast and have time to write us a kind five-star rating and review on iTunes, we would absolutely love to hear from you. We really enjoy reading your words and your few lines really help our podcast grow. So thanks again for listening and I will speak with you next week. Bye-bye.